thinking about that. Amen. I do want to apologize because the normal person who does my slides was on vacation and said that she could do them if I would do the slides before, like, I want to say like 10 days ago. Well, I did not have it done 10 days ago. So, so I apologize for that. So we're going old school because there was a time that we just preached <laughs> and there was no slides, there was no handouts, it was just preaching. So we're going to do that. Um, I am finishing up the, the, the Lord's Prayer today. And um, so why don't we read this all together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also And then other scriptures say, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 So I have this last verse, 13. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this day. Lord God, I just thank you for this time. And I, I just pray, Lord God, that that you would just use me to bring your word in such a way that it brings life and brings life abundantly. Lord God, I just pray for myself, Lord, that you just calm any uh, nerves, that, that your word comes forth and uh, my foibles and issues would be uh, set aside and your word come forth in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I will... Um, I do want to mention this right off. Um, this is a very different style message. If you've heard me preach before, I usually have objects and different things. So I'm going to have no objects today. And because, you know, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, I just want the parents to know that this sermon is a little more mature. And it's not going to be graphic or anything, but it's, a, it's going to be a more mature sermon. So if that's something that I just, I want to prepare you for that, if you have to debrief or, or anything about this, uh, I just wanted to, to say that right off. Um, I didn't want to surprise anybody today. And you know what? I think it's all right because our kids are growing up in a world that is way more mature than, than, than the, the, the world I grew up in. And, and it's, happening a lot younger. Our kids are finding out things, even if they're homeschooled or, or cyber school, public school, they're finding out things that I would never have thought of way, way earlier. But guess what? God has a plan for that. We don't have to, as a church, shy away from mature things. Because God is able to lead us in these mature things. So this is actually, um, I don't know. I don't have any slides or scriptures. Oh, that's the Lord's Prayer. Okay, well then jump it down to the last part. There we go. There we go. 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's good. So, um, and we look at this, and I've had this, John mentioned yet uh, last week that how he had been praying for a while. We received these scriptures to preach on, I think in May. It's been a long time. And for many that, that, that know me, I drive the bus. And a lot of times, I'm just praying as I drive the bus. I beat horns along the way. And because I pray for people, I pray for everything I pass. I drive from Rochester to Ambridge, and I'm just praying away. And, and so since I've had this message, this message I've been praying a lot. And God has, has really just been speaking to me personally. And, and so I think this message is going to be a blessing, but it's also going to be a challenge. And that last song, we find by fire, you know, so it's going to be a challenge. So I just want to start off, and, and, and the, Lord, the Lord led me to, this, this, to, to emphasize this first part, lead us. And I think the, the College of Prayer, this is where they go to. That lead us not in temptation, but this aspect that God leads us. And you know what? That is such a good thing. And to, 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 to look at the scripture and say, God leads us. God wants to lead me. God wants to lead you. And, and how does God lead us in this time? In the first thing, he leads us first by his word. He leads us second by good doctrine. Thirdly, he leads us by his Holy Spirit. And I think that's so important that as we deal with things, that, that God's able and willing and available to lead us uh, by his word. Let's go into some scriptures by this. Psalm 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Actually, if you want to get a good good grasp of what the Word of God does. Read Psalm 119, the whole thing. It's a long one. This is, I'm reading 105. That's not a mistake. I didn't, you know, mix, mix it up and just uh, add, add a number there or got a zero between the one and the five. 105, there's lots of verses. But his idea is that his Word is there to light our paths. His Word is there to take care of us. God, and young people, dive into his Word. I didn't dive into his word until I was much older. And because of that, I think I missed out on a lot of things. So you're in the church. I have children here. Dive in to his word. Dive into his word. The second aspect is this, of good doctrine. This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, I, you know, I remember when I got saved, there was a lot of people saying, we don't need doctrine, we just need Jesus. And you know what? We do need Jesus. And the Alliance, is, it's all about Jesus. We talk about it all the time. But even the Alliance has doctrine. And there are things in our lives that, that are answered by us embracing good doctrine that's inspired by his word. That's, it says that, hey, his word is profitable for doctrine. We need to build this up and, 
and not just rely on a quick Google search. We need to say, hey, what is the doctrine behind these things? God's going to lead us by his word. He's going to lead us by doctrine. And the last thing in the way he's going to lead us is going to lead us by his Holy Spirit. Okay, and this is John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. He, the Holy Spirit will teach and bring remembrance to what Jesus is saying. And you know what? Jesus taught a lot of doctrine. Just read the Sermon on the Mount. So he teaches a lot of things. And so we need to be led by this. You know, and, and the reason I, I want to talk about this, I, I believe we need to have the tools to answer questions. And I believe God wants to lead us to answer the tough, tough questions in this world. And, and, and I'm going to give five tough questions right now that through my life, all these questions have pulled people out of the faith of God, pulled people away from the church, pulled people away from the things of God. And, and, and as I was reading this, lead me not into temptation, I'm thinking of all these big questions, all these big questions that, that we're dealing with today. And I, I'm just picking five. You'll, when I read through these five, you'll probably think of a hundred others. But God wants to touch us in such a way that we can answer these questions correctly. Okay? And I'm going to say my five, the five questions. I'm not going to answer them right now. We're going to answer them later. Um, but we need God's leadership in these types of questions. The first one is, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? The second question, why are babies born with defects? Why are babies still born? You know, in, 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 in Maryland, a, a family was broken up and, and, and the husband left the faith because of what happened to their baby. It's just so sad. Then, then number three, um, and this one is, is around the culture today in a big way. Um, did God create some heterosexual and some homosexual? Number four, it it's, sounds the same, but it's really not. Are some born gay or some same-sex attraction? And number five is why do I keep blowing it? Why is it so hard to be a Christian? Okay. And you know what? You, you, you can see, you could probably line up all kinds of other questions that are big. But we need to know that we have the tools, that the Lord is going to lead us by his word. He's going to lead us by doctrine. He's going to lead us by the Holy Spirit. Because there are people that are giving up on their faith because they can't answer these questions. They're dealing with these questions. And some of these questions people don't even want to talk about. But the church needs to be a safe place to talk about. And, and later on when I do answer these questions, you might hate my answers. You might love my answers, but that's not the point. I don't, I'm not asking these questions, and I'm not going to answer these questions for you to agree with me. I'm going to answer these for you to know that we can seek God to find the answers for ourselves. 
And you know what? If you hate any of my answers, I still love you. You know, I, I love, and, and we've been here eight years, and I, I know some better than others, but I love being here, and I want to see people just go deep into the things of God, to walk into freedom, to walk into freedom. Annalisa, my dear daughter, can you get me a drink of water? I normally don't need a drink of water, but today I do. <coughs> These questions. We need God's leadership in answering questions. Don't give in to the temptation to answer according to just your bias or just your feelings, just the popular culture, or just your experience. Some of those things do add to the way we answer questions, but we need God's leadership. All right. Well, I said that already. Thank you, my dear. As I said, this is a little different than normal sermons I preach. I've usually had a couple laughs by now, but not today. <laughs> um, so, so we have these tools. And again, I said this, all right, let's dig into a couple of doctrines. Before you answer these questions, there's some important doctrines. And, and I, you know, I've always known these things, I think. But I've never taught it this way. I never um, went into it this way before. And so I apologize to my kids because I haven't talked about these things in such a way um, that, that I think I left them unprepared. So I'm glad they're here today. So the, the first doctrine I want to talk about, um, and these doctrines are in the statement of the beliefs of the Alliance. These doctrines are in the statement of the belief of the Methodist. These are churches I've been involved in. They're in the, 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 the statement of beliefs of the Methodist church and the Assemblies of God. Um, so these are things you're going to find in a lot of churches, these doctrines. The first doctrine I want to talk about is man is made in the image of God. Man is made in the image of God. And, and Genesis uh, 1, 27, 28 says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds in the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So here, with this doctrine, you know, this says that Adam and Eve, has passed the mark of God's image down to all their children. They were created with the mark of God's image. They passed it down to their children and children. And they passed that mark of the image of God down into the whole world, was full, and then God narrowed it down again with Noah. So, and then after Noah, the mark of God was passed down to all of Noah's descendants. And then the Tower of Babel came and, and God spread the nations. He divided the languages and spread the nations. So every tribe, every nation has the mark of the image of God. You can follow that. You know, that's in the scripture record. 
Okay, so this mark has been passed down through that. But at the same time, Adam and Eve fell. And when Adam and Eve fell, um, another mark was put on it. And that's a, the fallen nature. Some people call this the sin nature. Some people call this the carnal nature. And it, I just want to read it. And you could dig deep into all these scriptures. Okay. It says, therefore, just as, as through one man sin in the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. So just as Adam and Eve passed down that is Romans 5.12 thank you dear keeping me on track Okay, Uh, just as Adam and Eve passed the mark of God's image also the fallen nature spread so here all of us today we have the mark of the image of God in but we also have the fallen nature in us and and uh my theology professor way back when said that because of the fall of mankind, because of the fall, mankind has a propensity to sin. I just like saying that word. It means we have a leaning to sin, that we lean to sin. Proclivity, yes, yes. And if you read the different belief statements, you'll hear similar, similar statements. If you, do, you dig into our thing, people have that inclination. The, the Methodist said that because of the fall, man is inclined to sin and can't do otherwise. They're the hardest that I read. So, so but, okay. So we all have the image of God. We all have a fallen nature. We do this. So we're, you guys tracking with me in this, these two doctrines? And there's a third doctrine that's so great, but I don't have time to talk about it. It's called the atonement. And that's that Jesus came because of the fall of man. But for our discussion today, I want to just look at these two doctrines. So I, I want to little, tell a little bit about my story. So, because this is, is so life-giving to me, understanding these doctrines. Okay. I have had a lifelong learning disability. Okay? I was diagnosed in, in kindergarten. That's when we, we started kindergarten. <coughs> My sisters didn't even have kindergarten because they, the school didn't start yet. But I had kindergarten, and I was diagnosed with a, a learning disability. I am dyslexic, and, and I have attention deficit. So sometimes when you're talking to me, if I don't seem like I'm paying attention, guess what? I'm probably not. <laughs> so I, this is something I was probably born with. And later on, and later on in high school, my counselor said, "Well, you have an addictive personality." You know, and I probably was born with that addictive personality too, because I was the kind of kid that, come Easter, everybody else, you know. Did one at a time. I ate all my candy except the black jelly beans. <laughs> Soon as I can, man, you know, it was all gone. So, 
Halloween was another thing. You know, <laughs> except the ones I didn't like. I tried to trade them. I wanted as many Snickers and Reese's cups as I could. So, so here, in my life, in my life, I have these learning disabilities. I have this, this you know, when I got saved, I, I, I was delivered from, from multiple addictions. I have these issues. I have these issues. This is the way it works here. And this, listen, my learning disability is not part of the image of God. That's right. Okay, Jesus is not up there trying to see if his S and P's are right. I, I don't take notes because I, I get so caught up in whether I'm writing right. So, my attention deficit is not part of the image of God. God, you know, he's not up there supposed to be taking care of the sparrow and it's looking at the butterfly flying out the window. These things, and it, this is so good to read. My addictive personality is not part of the image of God. Okay, now track with me. This is the thing. There are things that are part of me that are my fallen nature. My fallen nature was not created by God. I am. I have the mark of the image of God. And God wants to grow that image in me. And why is this so important for me to talk about right now? Is because when we talk about big questions, it's so relieving to know that God did not make me stupid. Amen. Okay. My classmates called me stupid because I went to a special classroom and I had special this and special that. God did not make me stupid. God is not punishing my parents by giving me attention deficit. God did not do that. That is part of my fallen nature. The things that are good, the things that are lovely, that grow in me, that is created by God. So here, and this is why, you know, I wish I would have told this to my kids earlier. You know what? You're dealing with all these questions. You're dealing with all these emotions. And they're coming up and you're, you see, this man is negative. Why did God make me like this? God didn't make you like that. That's part of the fallen nature that came in because of sin. Get this. God made you beautiful. And you know what? With, with some people that, that have issues like me, or even more than, than I have, so often the image of God shines through them so brightly. Amen. Because the fallen nature is subject to God. Okay, listen to me here. Listen to me a little more here. I want to talk about this. It's important. The, the, the image of God and the fallen nature. We're all marked with the image of God. We all deal with the fallen nature. Some people are born with six fingers. One of my favorite movies, and my kids will, and they've seen this, is The Princess Bride. And in The Princess Bride, the villain, Count Rugen, was a six-fingered man. 
Okay. Being born with six fingers. Six fingers are part of the fallen image. The fallen nature. They're not part of the image of God. Why do we know that? Because everyone else has five fingers. So, so you gotta, if you're born with a, a six fingers or three toes or whatever, that's part of the fallen nature. So Count Rugen in The Princess... Has, who has seen The Princess Bride? Raise your hand. Oh, about 50. Never seen it. I don't think so. I would know. Have seen it. it is a homeschool, really homeschoolers see this movie like multiple times. So, <laughs> so the Princess Bride, and Count Rugen's a six-figured man. Count Rugen is also a thief, a murderer, and a coward. Okay. Listen, his six fingers did not make him a, a, a thief, a murderer, and a coward. His fallen nature made him a thief, a murderer, and a coward. Even in Count Rugen, in The Prince's Bride, there was a moment where he had compassion on, on Prince Humperdinck. That's a whole other story. But he had compassion. He's like, oh, you need to go get your rest. He was compassionate to Prince Humperdinck. His six fingers did not make him compassionate to Prince Humperdinck. It's the image of God within him that made him compassionate. Okay? Okay? See this? See? see. So, so the six fingers are part of the fallen nature, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Come on. Okay. So... In our lives, we're, we're, this is where temptation comes from. We're dealing with this fallen nature, okay? But in our lives, we need to know this, that everyone in this room is dealing with the fallen nature. And we need to have compassion upon them. And this is the good thing. God didn't make me stupid. God didn't make He could heal it. I don't know why he didn't. Someday, I pray for it all the time. So if someday I start writing my P's and F's correctly, and my B's and 3's and all that, I, I, I do well with the X, because you can't really put that backwards. <laughs> you know, there's some things you can't put backwards. The W you can put upside down. Okay, so. Now listen. Listen to this. Not... I like to use the word fallen nature for this because not all our fallen nature is sin. Okay? A lot of you sin nature, but not all. Me having a learning disability is not sin. Okay? It's part of my fallen nature, but it doesn't make me a sinner. However, if I let my disabilities rule me, it makes, it brings me to sin. And I didn't get saved until I was an adult. So all through high school, I hated high school. Man, I didn't want to be in high school. I, I was bored. I was off in Zozoland. I was self-medicating with, I don't even want to go into all that, but you can ask me later. I was doing all these bad things in high school. Why? I was letting this aspect of my fallen nature rule me. Mm. Wow. 
saved. I got saved and I went to college and I loved it. And I saw, hey, I can pass a test. Hey, I know, I can study. My English was so bad they made me go to remedial English in college. I had English five days. I had to pay for five hours and they only gave me three credits. I had English every day. And I'm still bad at English. <laughs> so, but God has given us the tools to overcome our fallen nature. Amen. He has. You know, so whatever you're going through, you're not stuck there without tools to overcome. This is what it's about, you know. You know, and, and as I said, I don't think I've ever preached a message like this before. But it really fits into something that my wife and I have done for years. It's called uh, cleansing discipleship, where we talk about alignment and the power of words and consecration. Because it builds on these tools for you to walk in righteousness. So, but it's important that not all of our fallen nature is sin, but it can lead to sin, okay? Listen to what Second uh, Peter says. Second Peter 1, 2 to 4. Grace and peace multitude to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that though these things may be, those, I can say that, that through, that's what I'm missing, these, you may be partakers in divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Through Jesus, he brings us into that place where our fallen nature, that we're above it, does that mean we're free from our fallen nature? No. We're always struggling with these things. We're struggling with these things. Okay. Know this, wherever you're at in this, wherever you're dealing with your fallen nature, God's not punishing. God's not against you. Okay? Those things come from the fallen nature. They're not part of the image of God. And... We need to, when we're struggling with areas, we need to be willing to talk about it and have others pray about it. And we need to say, God, give me the tools. Okay. All right. So I wanted to talk about this doctrine because earlier this week, we get led with these big questions through the Word of God, through good doctrine, and through the Holy Spirit. And, and this past uh, couple months, because I've been praying about this for, for months, God has really touched these five questions. And I do have an answer. And they're based in these two doctrines. However, again, if you don't like my answer, that's fine. I love you. Please love me too. Okay? But what I challenge you to do, don't take my word for it. Dig into this stuff yourself. Don't say, oh, okay, this is, this is the way I'm answering because John told me to answer this way. No. Unfortunately, over the years, I've heard so many things untrue over the pulpits. 
Some of those untrue things don't really matter because they don't really affect the message. And some are serious. One, when I was thinking about this, uh, one humorous thing I hear all the time, and I've heard it over the pulpit the Gospel Tab too, is in, in, on the road to Damascus, you have uh, uh, Paul on the road to Damascus, and, and I've heard over and over that God knocked him off his horse. But you read that passage, there's no horse. It doesn't really affect their messages. But it's been said over and over again because they've heard it sometime that God, God uh, knocked him off his horse. And the fact is that God knocked him and got a hold of it. You know? So whatever comes over the pulpit, do these things. Look at his word. Look at doctrine. Look at the Holy Spirit. And, and so whatever I say here, and now there's people that are looking up Acts to see if they can find a horse. If you find a horse, let me know, because then I've just said something incorrect. And it illustrates my point no matter which way. So don't take my word for it. Okay. And, and there's no clock there. So, oh, we're good. Okay, we've got like 10 minutes here. Okay, and I'm going to answer these quick. And, and just... You, if you have questions after, talk to me. If, 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 just dig in. Again, as I said, you don't have to like these answers. Okay. Um, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? We live in a fallen world. You know, my mom, I, my mom's dealt with cancer a couple times. And cancer's come back. And it's in, um, they think it's in, there's, there's nodules in both of her lungs. So she's having a biopsy. If it is cancer, it's going to be unoperable. You know, and it's like, wow. You know, my dad died of cancer. Why does these bad things happen? It's not because God made them that way. It's that they live in a fallen world. So bad things happen to good people because we live in a fallen world. You know, good things happen to bad people because God is in the world and, 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 and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. You know, so you got it both ways, you know, and, and you can say, well, that's just a simple answer. But that's an answer that's solid to me. That's why good, um, why bad things happen to good people. Uh, the, the, why are babies born with defects? The same. God didn't create babies with defects. That's not the image of God. That's because of the fallen nature. Fallen world that we live in, and and we just need to love people through that pain, and we need to be a church that loves on them, and especially we need to be a church that does not blame the mother, because so often you hear, well, I wonder if she took her right vitamins or maybe she took too many vitamins, all this stuff, you know, it's a fallen nature, and we in the church need to rise up with it, okay. Um, the next one is um, did God create some heterosexual and some homosexual we read the Genesis passage the Genesis passage says that, that they were created male and female and they were to be fruitful and multiply and they were pretty fruitful and multiply because by multiplying that's how the image of God is spread 
So I would take that in Scripture that God doesn't create people homosexual or heterosexual. He creates everybody heterosexual. Okay, however, the next question, are some people born, are some people born um, uh, with same-sex attraction? Remember what, what the, the fallen man's, the fallen nature is, is an inclination to sin, a leaning towards sin. I lean towards addiction. I believe I was probably born that way just looking back at my life. Some people lean towards uh, same-sex attraction. Again, this is the fallen nature. However, people that lean that way, they need to know that just because you're tempted doesn't mean it's sin. Okay, this is important because the, there are so many that says, if you're tempted, well, I'm tempted to smoke all the time. But I don't. Yeah. But sometimes, there's some good smelling scars out there. But, I, you know, I, I am tempted, but I don't. Because there's tools. Okay. So, um, then the last question, and we're going to run this right into... Um, right into the, the second part of this passage, deliver us from evil. Why do I keep blowing it? Why is it so hard to be a Christian? And I'm going to read this passage in connection where it says, deliver us from the evil one. We need to know that there's an evil one out there. And this is important. This is important. I grew up in an age where there was Flip Wilson. Does anyone, let's see, how many else? Go Henry, Victoria, anyone else? Oh, my... Flip Wilson's big tagline was what? The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. And, you know, ultimately, sometimes the devil does make us do it. But most of the time, it's our fallen nature that made us do it. And, and so we need to realize that we're at battle with this. And listen to what Paul says about this battle. And this is a big passage. I'm not going to read it all, but I suggest you do. Again, you need to check up everything that comes across the pulpit. Romans 7, I'm just going to read verse 15 and 25, but I, I suggest you read the whole passage because it goes on about the same thing. This is what Paul says. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I will do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. So he's basically, in this whole passage, he's saying, man, I keep blowing, I keep doing what I know I'm not supposed to do. I do what I hate, and what I'm supposed to do, I don't do. You know, he goes on this rant. And then he says in 24, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Deliver us from evil. Let's answer the questions that everybody are asking. By the Lord, by doctrine, by the Holy Spirit. And as I went through those questions, again, you might not agree with me, but I feel the Lord sealed those answers in my heart personally. And, and so I challenge you to look at these questions on your own and ask God to seal them. But most important, especially those with parents, I mean kids here, parents, Teach your children the depth 
of the image of God and sin nature. Because that explains a lot of things that goes on in our lives. Okay, deliver us from evil. Let me read this one again. Uh, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the answer to the last one, why is it hold so hard? We have this fallen nature we're dealing with. And in Flip Wilson's case, he is the, whole, he is the devil himself telling him bad things. We got this going on. But we have everything for life and godliness. We have all the tools. And today, I have to work on my tools for my learning disability. I'm 60 years old, and I'm still working on the tools for my learning disability. And I still have to be aware of my addictive personality because God hasn't taken that away from me yet. Some people, he takes it away right away. God hasn't done that. But until that, I know that he gives me the tools to grow in life and godliness. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord God, for, for this prayer. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, help us to dig deep into things going around us and help us to hear your word and be sealed with your spirit. In Jesus' name.